You can get the monkey off your back, but the circus never leaves town. This is the fourth episode of the Not Have Paid Sponsor Podcast. I'm your host, Season Salt, and today I'm going to be flying solo. Miss Pepper has the night off. I'm going to wrap up some of the conversations that we had about E3 last week. We're going to talk about AOV, the regional championships. They have just ended. North America and Europe have their champions that will be representing them in the Arena Valor World Cup and Thailand. Also, we're going to be talking about Chris Hardwick. This disturbing article came out today uh, regarding him and his ex-girlfriend, Chloe Dykstra. We also have a very, very special interview with the team captain of our team Ferox, Chamu, and he is joined by Clash himself as they talk about the state of the team, the state of Vainglory, AOV, and whatnot. So I hope you guys enjoy. And this is the Not A Paid Sponsor Podcast. So I hope everybody's doing good. Today we're going to be flying solo. Miss Pepper is taking the evening off. We have a uh, nice long day tomorrow. We're going to be hitting up the beach in Connecticut to celebrate Father's Day this weekend. But, you know, with that being said, uh, E3 is over. We have our champions for the North American, uh, the regional, the Arena of Valor regional championships we have our champions for north america and eu congratulations to team allegiance from north america for winning their finals and for the dream uh is the team that won for um for eu and it's pretty cool to see that they both uh they both played their hearts out i think the uh the biggest shock of that event was Dino Riders. Dino Riders came out of nowhere and they freaking spanked Immortals. They won in three games. It was crazy. Immortals did their best to show up, but in the end, they were ups- upset by uh, Dino Riders, and Dino Riders went on to face Allegiance in the finals. Granted, Dino Riders didn't get very far, they got destroyed, but kudos to them uh, for coming out and, and, and providing us with a very interesting storyline and now we're going to see Allegiance and For the Dream head out to Thailand as they get ready to represent their rep- respective countries in, um, in the Arena Valor World Cup in Thailand so shout out to them also um, the cool thing was that they brought on Humanist to uh they brought humanist from the vg community he was a former caster uh i'm gonna say former for now but um he was a former caster for scmc uh, in their previous sport uh esports season and he came on and he spoke about the current state of esports for those of you guys who didn't get a chance to listen to last week's podcast it was very ugly humanist came out and he basically put SCMC on blast because apparently there was some work that he had done that he you know he wasn't paid for and uh he went on twitter he he put SCMC on blast and then um 
ex-scoundrel came out with a video not necessarily directed towards humanists but it was basically addressing some of the situations that um that the casters were dealing with um regarding i guess maybe SEMC and where they stood with esports so what ex-scoundrel said was that in the first official season uh, esports season for vainglory they were operating at a high uh, high output they were basically functioning as a tier one uh, esports organization you know esports game and they were flying out people travel expenses uh, the amount of money that they were paying the casters uh, the four hire the red the, the stadiums that they were renting out the, or the venues and it was a lot of money that SCMC was spending. And um, they really didn't get that money back. Um, they got ready to, you know, they were discussing merging with uh, ESP, I think is the name of the, the company. I, don't, I hope I didn't get that wrong. I apologize if I did. But they made the merger. And then somewhere, somewhere in that merger... Uh, there was talk about paying, you know, I guess SEMC had already started to make verbal agreements with some of the casters for the upcoming season. And somewhere during this merger, that got lost in translation. And some of the casters didn't sign anything or they didn't sign contracts. And they basically weren't taken care of for some of the work that they were doing. They, they, they had no, they basically were doing it for free. And, you know, understandably so, Humanist uh, and several others came out and they spoke against uh, SEMC and their practices. And SEMC never came out with an official response, but they did They did address uh, somebody. There was a couple of employees from SEMC basically saying, listen, we don't we don't mistreat our. We don't mistreat our, our the people that work with us and hopefully we can get this right and hopefully they do. Because uh, Vainglory is a good game and it deserves to thrive. And even though we haven't had an official word from SEMC about the state of the game, you know, the game deserves every chance to grow. And and SEMC taking the time to restructure their competitive scene and spend more time focusing on bringing a quality game you know, hopefully their new structure will prove to be fruitful. You know, it's hard when SEMC is the only baby. You know, it's the only baby. Vainglory is the only baby of SEMC. Arena Valor has the backing of one of the largest gaming companies out there, Tencent. Tencent owns Riot. Riot owns League. The infrastructure was there. Not so much. Not so much for, uh, for SEMC and Vainglory. So... They got to do it the hard way. And kudos for them for at least trying. And But yeah, Humanist showed up for the Valor Series uh, Regional Championships. He, he gave a couple of uh, statements regarding AOV's esports scene and how he felt about mobile esports as a whole, which is pretty good to hear that insight. And I'm looking forward to see what Humanist's next step is whether it's with Vainglory, whether it's with AOV, whether it's with another game. You know, we'll see. Um, you know, speaking on E3, we had a chance to see some pretty cool trailers. Uh, 
Lord Rage came on the podcast last week and he we were talking about Resident Evil 2, the remake. And lo and behold, Lord Rage got it right. He predicted that it was going to be an over-the-shoulder experience, kind of like Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. And, and we got just that. The game looks fantastic. The graphics look amazing. It has every bit of horror feel that you would want a Resident Evil game to have. It's got the darkness. You could barely see a la Dead Space, you know. Uh, I saw about half an hour worth of gameplay. Um, another friend of ours, um, formerly known as SniperCat6, she's now the community manager for Capcom. Uh, based out in London, she flew out to E3. And I look forward to having her on the podcast and hearing what she has to say about the upcoming remake and, and Capcom as, as a whole. And, and how it is to be the Resident Evil community manager. And it was really good to see that. I mean, I'm so hyped. The game's coming out next year. You bet your sweet ass I'm going to be playing it. I just bought Resident Evil, the uh, the Gold Edition, which I'm going to be playing tomorrow. Don't tell my son. He doesn't know yet, but I'm going to be scaring the crap out of everybody in this basement tomorrow when I start playing that game. Um, we saw Halo Infinite, the newest installment in the... 343 franchise uh, since Bungie left. Um, I haven't played Halo 5 yet. We will be, though, soon. This week, we have it. I downloaded Halo 5. We're going to be playing that, my wife and I, so we can actually sound like we know what we're talking about when it comes to speculation on Halo Infinite. Uh, but the trailer looked pretty interesting. It kind of opened up, and you see these, like, rhinos and reindeer, you know, grazing off the land and it looks like an earth-like environment but then you see the the trademark light that shot out from the various structures on the previous halos and then there it cuts to a scene of these unsc marines walking in a like in a plane and then the camera pans out and you see that they're actually on a halo and the camera pans out and you see Master Chief holding his helmet. And for those of you guys who are curious, it is the Halo 3 outfit uh, that the Master Chief is wearing. So is it based around the time of Halo 3? Or, you know, is it a completely original storyline? Is it a different Spartan? You know, I guess these questions will be answered as the years, you know, the year drags on and we start seeing more information. Um, Assassin's Creed is taking a step towards exploring the Roman Empire. That was a pretty cool trailer to see, you know, it's going to be interesting because, you know, the Roman, uh, the Romans dressed a certain type of way, a little difficult to stand out on the, you know, but the, some of the footage that we saw from Assassin's Creed Odyssey was very promising. It looked very good. Had a very cinematic feel to it, a la Three Hundred, or Troy, or any of those movies that you know we've seen over the years. So that's another game that we're looking forward to see. Um, <clears throat> a downside of E3 was Square Enix. That was a bit of a letdown. We um we didn't get to see anything regarding the Final Fantasy VII remake and. 
the developers basically swore that the game was past the conceptual stage that it was in full production that they had moved past the concept stages and you know real bummer that we didn't get a chance to see anything from square enix regarding the final fantasy 7 remake um what we do know is that the game is going to come out in several parts it won't be one massive release maybe we'll see some dlc which adds on the rest of the game uh which i'm not mad at as long as they take the time and and as long as they're full feature games you know as long as the segments of final fantasy 7 are fully feature you know like a, I don't want to be left to like a really shitty part of the story and then be like, hey, you got to wait till the next, you know, series comes out, you know, to continue playing. You know, I spent so many hours playing Final Fantasy. I spent over 120 hours farming and chokeable racing and killing all the ultimate weapons and getting all the summons and all the ultimate materia. You know, like I 100% that game. I 100% the shit out of that game, so... They have a lot to live up to. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. They just kept showing footage. I mean, I feel like Kingdom Hearts 3 is like so over the top right now. It's like, maybe they showed us a little too much. Maybe they showed us too much. Because damn near every Disney character ever isn't in this game. Ever. And it was just like, it was so overwhelming. It's like, every time I opened up a trailer, it was like, Wreck-It Ralph. Frozen. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Hercules, like it just it was going on and on and on and on and on, and it's such a beautiful game. And I'm looking, for, I'm gonna, def, I'm gonna play the shit out of that game when it comes out. But it's like, damn, that was like Kingdom Hearts overload. But what, what do you expect? They took so damn long to come out with it. After Kingdom Hearts two, it was like Kingdom Hearts two point five and two point eight, and then they remixed them both, and then they remastered all the games, and it was just like, uh, come on. But we had a chance to see that. Um, a lot of pirate-themed games. Uh, we'll go into that a little later. Uh, well, maybe not in this podcast, but I noticed there was a shit ton of pirate games that my wife and I, we were watching trailers for. Sea of Thieves was coming out with a new expansion. Um, I don't have my wife's book, but there's there was like three other games. I was like, damn, is it you? Is it us? Or just like, is there just like a, a shit ton of pirate games? And she was like, yeah. There's definitely a lot of pirate games. Um, what's the the game that that CD Projekt Red is coming out with? Uh, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or something like that. Uh, that game looks dope. Basically, the speculation is that it's going to be like a Witcher style game, but set in like a futuristic cyberpunk environment, which uh, I ain't mad at. Let's get it, you know. Uh, the new Super Smash Brothers. That was a pretty cool um, trailer that I saw. Um, it's going to have all of the champions from the previous Super Smash Brothers. Like every single one. So let's get it. Uh, and last but not least. Oh, there was another game. Uh, Jump Force. Which is going to have like basically all of... Um, I had like Frieza, Goku, uh, Luffy from One Piece. It looks like it's going to be like a crossover anime fighting game similar to like Dragon Ball uh, Budokai. But it's going to be all crossovers, which is dope. 
Uh, My Hero Academia is coming out with a fighting game for the Nintendo Switch. That's freaking dope. Uh, especially because I've been watching the shit out of My Hero Academia. And I will be watching it Sunday for Father's Day. So nobody bother me when I'm watching it. Um, as I said, it's going to be a short podcast today. Um, I'm joined by Clash, the owner of Team Ferox. He gives his second state of the union or state of the team. And he's also joined by Chamu. And I really wanted you guys to hear what Chamu had to say about where he felt the team is and, and, and where they're going and their plans. And we speak about a whole bunch of other stuff. We speak about Bangalore. We speak about Arena Valor. Um, and it's, I think it's very important that they take the time to come on the podcast and, and chit-chat with you guys. You guys deserve nothing but the best. So we did everything. You know, we, we're giving you the best. We're giving you the, the, the owners of the team. And uh, I really hope you guys really enjoy that podcast. Um, I wish I had more to say today. It's just, like I said, it's Father's Day weekend. My son's sleeping here. I don't want to keep talking too loud. I want to I want to put the inter- the interview up for you guys so you guys can hear it. Hear what Chamo and Clash have to say. We are going to answer last week's question. We're going to answer last week's question, which was, where is the line between insanity and creativity? My mother-in-law heard the podcast and she's like, hey, I have an answer. And she wrote down a very poetic response to the uh, question, which I will read uh, before we close out the podcast after the interview and leave you with the next question for next week. So with that being said, I'm going to transition over to the interview segment and I hope you guys like it. TFX Clash and TFX Chamu. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, this is the interview portion of the podcast. Today we have two special guests. I did announce that we were going to be interviewing Chamu, uh, co-owner of Team Ferox with Clash and the team captain of the Arena Valor and Vainglory teams. We're going to be talking to both of them today about uh, what they're doing in respects to AOV. There's a very busy schedule coming up for Vainglory. We're going to ask them, you know, things about how they're managing with, uh, you know, basically managing the time, time management. Uh, as we said in the other podcast, um, Chamu and Moshi and, and, and the squad, they have a tough task because they do have to divert a lot of time in between both games. Clash uh, gave his vote of confidence. We're going to see how Chamu's holding up. We're going to see, you know, we're just going to pick his brain. And uh, with that being said, Chamu, hello. Clash, hello. Hello. Uh, What's up? Happy to finally be part of this podcast. You know, I've seen some pretty positive feedback on the previous episode, so no, I pretty happy to guys. finally be here myself. What's going on, Clash? How are you? Doing good. As um, DJ Kyle said, and another one. Back <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so inside joke excited. there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, so um, like I said, uh, We had a chance to talk to Clash two weeks ago about the state of the team. Uh, We mentioned that the team placed six in the Valor series. Uh, We didn't get a chance to go to E3 this year, but out of 24 teams coming in sixth place, I think it's a you know an awesome achievement uh, that you know that the team was able to accomplish. And you know, shifting away from AOV, we have a lot of things going on in the Vainglory community. Obviously, uh, the news broke uh, last week. 
that there was going to be a delay or the week prior about the uh, VPL registration being delayed a couple of weeks up to the 20th. Um, also, the North American Champions League uh, community tournament. Uh, I was told that you guys were signing up for that. And then shortly after that, I was also notified that you guys were going to be participating in the Three Nations Vainglory tournament. So how is it that you guys find a way to um, compete in both games and compete at such a high level? Uh, well, I feel like it mainly just comes to priorities, you know, putting your A's before your B's type thing. You know, if we have a, right on. an AOV tournament coming up, we'll prioritize playing AOV, grinding AOV with the team, you know, doing Valor Cup on the weekends and getting scrims from teams that just want to, you know, they're just looking for a scrim. Um, and same goes with Bangalore. You know, if we have a Vainglory tournament coming up, NACL, VPL, whatever it is, we'll prioritize playing Vainglory, getting the meta down, testing our heroes, builds, and, you know, just getting the team up to speed to how we should be playing, you know, what we're trying to see, and we just move on from there, you know. We're all very mechanically skilled players, so I think we just got to play out the game, you know, a couple of days to get back into the groove of, you know, how we should be playing, so. I, th I think it's just prioritizing, you know, your A's before your B's pretty much. Nothing to it. Now, Clash gave a, a pretty serious vote of confidence uh, when I asked him uh, if it may be too much. Is it is it too much to have to do two games or, <clears throat> uh, you know, like, is it can it be stressful or do you find that maybe like you're learning things like you play AOV and maybe you see some maybe you see some sort of philosophy that might fit in uh vg or vice versa you know uh like how is it playing two different mobas like do you have similar are there similarities between the play styles or philosophies that you can you know you could use between games uh yeah uh i mean if i'm honest a lot of the people on the team you know both the aov team and the vainglory team we play more than just those two games you yeah, know yeah. we we turn PUBG there, you know, we play Rossi in there and some other games, but yeah, there there is some like, you know, patterns that you see from MOBA to MOBA, but each has their own unique like play style or their own meta. So there are some Vainglory things we we have implemented into the AOV play style, but I feel like mainly we've kind of used what we've learned in AOV when it comes to rotations and how to play the early game and that over to Vainglory because we've always struggled in Vainglory when it comes to playing the early game. So I think there's some pros and cons when it comes to playing both, but I feel like it's it's more, it's mainly pros that you know we've been seeing across both games because we've managed to combine metas from both and just build upon that and make our own thing happen. So let's say you guys are on a hard tilt, right? Right now you guys are preparing yeah. for the VG tournaments. You guys mentioned that you guys play PUBG, maybe Paladins and or you know yeah. ROS. Is is that how you guys come off the tilt? Do you guys say, hey, all right, we're gonna stop. Let's stop, pump the brakes, let's hop on ROS, let's hop on PUBG or something to to, to you know to try to see if we maybe we could just get our minds right? Yeah, pretty much. You know, if we on AOV, if we go on a losing streak, you know, we'll, we'll probably give it a couple more tries and see if we can get a win. If not, we'll just be like, let's just 
let's just try to get conquered on PUBG. Just screw this, you know. We'll just we'll just go chill in PUBG for a moment, get our heads off uh, the game, and just come back the next day and repeat. Try to do our best again, and you know, try to earn that rank that we lost back. Right on, Clash. How do you um, how do you stop a tilt? Um, I, I think I think just like like what they do, just go into different games. Because I mean, it, it's kind of hard to stop a tilt because sometimes when you keep playing, you force things and you you force things too much where you you do even more bad things and just make it even worse for yourself. So like, yeah, I think I think that just doing the same thing, playing PUBG or Ross or something, it's always good to just get away for a quick minute and say, hey, let's just play this. Because at the end of the day, it's like all right well now i'm playing this i don't have to worry about if i die or anything because it doesn't affect me you know or it's just it's just do something funny you know let's just get a grenade kill or let's just run somebody over and see how many people can run over you know yeah. just doing little things like that you know it just it brings back the life and it brings back the the positivity and just the momentum because in itself you know that's when everybody starts to get frustrated or you know they stop talking or they just you know they just shut down so when you get into a different game that has nothing to do with what's been going on it's like it, it turns everything around. You're just like, okay, cool. Now, now I'm having fun again. Now momentum's coming up. You know, we may not go back the same day to that game, but you know, we we go to the next day. Like, okay, cool. Let's do this. Let's go at it again. You know what I mean? Or you know, some. Right on. You there? That's that's basically like the best way in my eyes to get out of still is just play some. Randy, you there? Did it mute? Hold on one second, guys. <clears throat> All right, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. Looks like the uh, the audio encoder glitched out for a second. So you guys pretty much have the same way. Like best idea. Like best advice is just to like put the game down, take a step back. Um, yeah. For the team, Chamu. Uh, we get we got clash aside from where the team, uh, you know, the origins of the team. How did you or when did you decide to link up with clash? And, you know, how was it linking up and creating the team and, and deciding uh, like what was the point where you guys decided, you know, it's time to, you know, make this, a, you know, an official grassroots organization and take it to the top? Um, I think that was like, what, three years ago, clash? I don't I can't really recall, but. That was like yeah. when, that was that was when I think we all had just left NTG, uh-huh. where I feel like we were all just you know trying to find people to play with, and I, I can't really recall, but I feel like that's where I saw Clash playing the game, and since we already knew each other from NTG, we were like you know let's just let's start grinding it out, and that's where he introduced me to most, and I feel like at that point was where we started making the whole thing official. Where, you know, we're like, you know, maybe we can get somewhere with this, you know? Because I feel like me and Clash have always had a vision where we could, you know, have our own org, our own team competing at the highest level. So, you know, it it always starts with just playing casually and, you know, grinding it out to to make things happen. Now, this question is for the both of you guys. What are some of the difficulties about being in a grassroots organization? And, you know, vice versa, what are some of the benefits of, of actually playing in a grassroots team? 
Do you want to take this one first, champs? Uh, I, I think you have a better insight on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, when it comes to a grassroots team, it the struggle is like like we like how I said in last the last time we interviewed was the scrimming. Um, when we made a team, nobody really knew who we were, so we're like underrated or just basically talked as these guys are, are trash or something like that. So when we try to get scrims, everybody's like, "No, who? What did you play? Who, who are you with?" How long? And it's like, who are you guys? And it's like, oh, or okay. <laughs> like, all right, well, that's all you got to say, bro. Just say, no, you don't got to sit there and give me a whole making me feel bad. I'm just trying to play. I'm just trying to practice. I'm trying to get better and get to a, a high level. So it, it was a struggle. And, and even until today, like what we have now, it, it's still a struggle because, you know, people, when they, when they form a team, they expect it to just start and just, there it is. You know, we're going to get it you know, within a couple months you know, we're going to be semi-pro or, you know, within a year, we're going to be pro if I get picked up. And it doesn't work like that because, I mean, there's so many people competing at the same time as you and they all want the same thing you do. And, I mean, it's 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 hard. But, I mean, having the people I have now, doing it with Chamu, having Moshi with us, it's, it's what made me keep going and made things easy on me because, you know, when somebody's, you know, when one of us are down or we're thinking differently or something like we, we pick each other up. It's like, it's, it's a family. It's like, it's a bond of like brothers where we're not going to leave each other. You know, we've always said like, you know, I've even said, Hey, if I ever get picked up on managing somebody else, you know, I would take them with me. Or if I can't take them with me, I'm not going, you know, and we've all talked about that, you know, like, you know, us staying together and bringing each other no matter what. And that's one thing that I've liked, but when it came to grassroots, it's, like, you know, it's a struggle, but it's something that we're willing to go with. If that's, what's going to get us what we want. And then once we get there what we want, then we can actually say, you know what, we did this on our own. We didn't have anybody help us, you know, and anybody can do it. I mean, because at the end of the day, anybody can do it, you know, because, I mean, we have a lot of teams, especially in Vanglory, that a lot of it's from independent work. And then some of these players get to pro teams or some of these teams are getting to that level where, you know, they can be pro. It's just they need a little bit more push or they don't have the funding, you know. So in our case, it's like we have the funding. It's just making sure we compete and stay at that high level because you know it, everything changes and things you know we, and everything goes through ups and downs so i mean it's 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 hard but it's worth it at the end of the day especially if you have those people that you love playing with for so long and you love to just be with just in general besides just playing games it's like it's worth it it's like you really don't think about the struggle you're just thinking about how how are am i how am i gonna benefit my team and how can i make us better because in general it's not you know Chamu can agree. It's, you know, I have jury, I have everybody else coming with ideas and we're always trying to benefit each other some way and, and somehow, whether it's just, you know, a simple play or a different idea that we got to try out or, you know, them learning something because they heard something from another team or them just, you know, just anything, you know what I mean? So it's, it's easy. I mean, I mean, the group of people that I picked, the group of people that me and Chamu picked together and we keep, it's, it's not just benefiting us, it's benefiting them. And it's like, it, we just we're all just the same type of people just you know in different places chamo do you agree or do you have anything else that you want to like add in <laughs> i definitely agree but i feel like one of the coolest parts about you know being a grassroots is that you don't have all these people breathing you know on top of you you know expecting things to happen you know you can choose which way you want things to go when you want things to happen, how you want things to happen. And I feel like that's just, it's just a healthy environment for all, you know, the players, the management, everyone, because you don't feel pressured, you know? 
So I think there's some some pros in there. Now, as a as a grassroots team, I know I keep saying that phrase over and over again. What are your expectations for the upcoming events? Do you guys feel like you're ready to compete at the highest level? Do you guys feel like wh- where does Team Ferox stand right now? Uh, let's say for the upcoming VG tournaments, how do you feel? <clears throat> how do you guys feel that you've grown or you know, you know, to compete against some of the other teams that are going to be competing in these events? I think since you know Vanguard just became, I guess, an official five v five game. I think what we do have on top of all these other dudes is our five v five knowledge. You know, I feel like when it comes to knowing what to do and where we should be at and how we should be doing things. I, I think we have a pretty good head start on all these other teams. But when it comes to, you know, general gameplay, I think we we are ready, but we're not at 110% yet. Yeah. Okay. So you guys have plenty of room to grow. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that it just in general, everybody, I think, I, think, I think everybody needs improvement. I don't think it's just necessarily us or... I think even pro teams, like everybody, there's always time and there's always, there's always a place where you need to improve no matter what. I mean, cause I mean, everybody's watching you. I mean, you got to realize, you know, these guys are sitting there playing ranked and people are catching things, you know, watching the replay after the game, like how did this guy beat me? And they're watching you and they're like, you know, what? I got to improve because I'm messing up. Or when you run into a pro team, you know, you're just like, Oh damn. Like what did these guys do that, that made them win? So it's like, everybody's watching everybody. So they're always trying to get that, that extra foot ahead so they can beat you and i mean like i said i mean these friends you know they they look good i mean because and, and charmo couldn't agree <laughs> when the, in the beginning of fives we were struggling you know and then we, we we picked up again and then you know we kind of went through another slump so you know us coming back I, I feel like right now right now i feel like we're ready um like like i totally agree with them the 110 percent thing we're not there yet but i feel that even though we're playing we're going to get that 110 percent while we're in competitive because that's where you mainly get better in competitive because that's when everybody has something to play on the line so i mean that's why we play nacl this is the reason why now we're going to play in tnt because when vpl comes up this is when we know hey we've done this and this we did you know we, we crossed our t's you know dotted our eyes this is what we did on nacl this is what we did in tnt now we're going to take it to vpl and now we're going to sit there and play better than what we did in these two so i mean that's that's how i see it right on so we're going to go into a controversial topic. Ooh. Clash, I don't want you to break a sweat. But Yikes. we've actually had some developments from the news that I broke last week. Um, obviously, the big topic of last week's podcast was Humanist. And his decision or his, you know, his, he, he publicly went on Twitter. Uh, for those of you guys who didn't get a chance to listen to last week's podcast, he went on Twitter. He put it out there basically saying, you know, hey, uh, I don't mean I don't mind that, you know, the workload is going to be less. But, you know, I expect to be paid for the work that I was that 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 was already done. Now, another video came out. Uh, um, Chamo, I don't know if you remember uh, who was the one that came out with the video uh, in retort. Scoundrel. Yeah, Scoundrel came out with a video. Um not directed towards humanists, but it was directed towards Vainglory as a whole because there, uh, it's no secret. Vainglory really went above and beyond for their esports. Uh, Excoundrel mentions it in his video how Super Evil Megacorp was basically operating at a tier 
one uh, esports level. You know, they were paying out lavish amounts of money for hotels, travel expenses. I mean, anything that you could invoice and 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 VG, you know, SEMC and their partners were, you know, they were paying out like crazy. But basically, in the merger that SEMC made with what is it, ESP Gaming? Uh, I think. I well, know. the the company that SEMC merged with to begin the next season of uh, VG Esports, there was some sort of, um, I guess, hang up. There was some some hang up, and in this hang up, uh, basically the the state of the contracts for the content creators and the casters were kind of like in limbo. Nobody had signed anything, uh, but there were, you know, like they were verbal, basically verbal handshakes on who was going to be paid, what, what was going to be offered, this, that, and the other thing. And I guess uh, when it came down to it, uh, payments weren't sent out because nobody really, you know, it was a verbal handshake, you know, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, signed on. Um, it led humanists to hop on Twitter. He put SEMC on blast and it, it really fueled this kind of like, Oh, Vainglory's dying. Vainglory's dying. Vainglory's dying. And I kind of felt it was a little unfair. And I did state this for the record that I didn't really me personally. I didn't appreciate the, uh, the hate train that was going on Vainglory. Listen, I'm not good at Vainglory. I may never be good at Vainglory, but I don't hate the game. You know what I'm saying? And I even posted on Twitter. It's like, hey, po- uh, unpopular opinion. If you don't, if you don't like the game, then go play another game. I promise. I promise you, you will live longer. You know. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on the state of VG SEMC? The decision to kind of roll back their esports and maybe invest in other aspects of the game and 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 start from the ground up. Well. I mean, okay, the whole Vainglory is dying meme, I feel like it has been around for a long time, legit. Every time something wrong go, happens, yeah, it's like, it's okay, like, Vainglory is dying already. It's over, it's, you know? It's it's like a tsunami or like an earthquake. Just say, oh, no! Like, it's just like, it's not dying. Um, I feel like it's just, they're just rebuilding. I mean, yeah. it's just something they had to do, you know what I mean? coming in through like i said before aov came and it put that it set that bar and that's something that you got to maintain to keep your game alive and you know all this thing with you know humanists and all that stuff it's like one uh, that's none of our none of our business i mean why should we even know what's going on with them because that has nothing to necessarily do with us um but two it's like you know companies go through this it's not just a video game a lot of people go through this especially when you're an independent company in a sense you know it's like yeah, and and like AOV, you have to go through the struggle. Sometimes you know they 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 started something, and I felt like maybe they just rushed it too fast and they messed up. And now what they're doing is they're just rebuilding and fixing what they did wrong, and for you know and trying to make it a better game and perfect it so they can keep that high level of gameplay of the competitive and all things like that. Yeah, yeah, you know it, it kind of sucks that they're losing people that we've all seen since we've been playing competitive, but you know. Sometimes we have to go through that. Sometimes things have to happen that way. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, like you said, if they're getting paid at a high level, which were like League of Legends, you know, casters and stuff should be paid, like, you'd be like, why? Like, how? Like, that game doesn't make as much close to League Yeah, the, like, view- the viewership why? isn't that high. You should, you, should, you should be lucky that you've gotten that pay, in a sense, and gotten all 
Just bear with me one second, Thea. Chamo, are you there? Hold on one second. The uh, audio encoder froze again. Sorry about that, guy. Let's try to do this, you know. DC there for a second. I apologize. Sorry, did I DC again? No, but, no, it was me. Know, it was me. Oh, so you know, just you know, looking at Benzo, a cool guy, a guy that loves the game, and he's still holding on. You know, it's just you know everybody that likes to say, "Oh, it's dying." It's just those native people. Half of these people that we hear even talk or read and chat are not irrelevant to any of the competitive at all. They're just people that are still playing the game for fun. Or just people that just want to talk. So it's like, you know, who are you in the first place? I'm not trying to throw shade at those people. It's just, you know, quit being so negative. You know what I mean? When you start seeing everybody else, when you start seeing, like, you know, these people that we have the faces, like Flash X, uh, you know, anybody else from TSM, people from Rogue, you know, anything like that. When you start seeing them be really negative, then maybe you can talk more. But if you're not seeing these people really being so negative and just, you know, still playing the game, then just, you know, just wait and see. Like, you know, just wait and see. If you love the game, you wouldn't be negative. Like, yeah. you would just, I don't know. It's just, that's just me thinking. Maybe because I'm older, I don't know. But it's just, you know, it's just everybody likes to talk, dude. Everybody likes to gossip. Well, everybody an- likes to be negative. So Another just- thing, too, is that, you know, Tencent is a multi-million dollar company. You know, they have the backing. They're, they, they're owners of Riot Games, which is arguably one of the most successful, you know, uh, successful companies you know with their you know league of legends they have arena valor in its own uh i reported two weeks ago that they made what 184 million dollars in one month you know what i'm saying yeah. like it's and, and and they've had several years of of tempering you know the moba market where they've had strike of kings and king of glory whichever name you want to put behind it but the game's been out for several years overseas and in China, and I also brought out another report that Chinese players spend way more money than other countries when it comes to video games. So the financial backing is there, whereas SEMC, this is their only baby. This is their only game. You know what I'm saying? You can't expect them to compete at that level when, you know, like, it, it's just, it's too much. You know, Chamu, Chamu, you know much more about it. I'll let you, you know, you take the floor. That's pretty much where I stand, and I'm glad, Clash, you gave me your, uh, your two cents on it. Well, I mean, I feel like as of right now, I feel like people are scared of change, to be honest, because people are always complaining that, like, Vainglory is not doing anything to, you know, help improve the game. You know, these people suck in rank. What the heck is this skin, right? But when Vainglory starts, you know, working towards fixing the game, you know, adding joystick to bring in more players, you know, improving rankings and stuff like that, people start to freak out. Now they're like, you know, why the heck are they doing this? Why the heck are they doing that? And the thing is, like, at the end of the day, for every one negative player that SCMC loses, they're going to gain three more. And it's a sad truth because at the end of the day, it's the community, the people that love the game, you know, the people that continue to play it, that at the end of the day are going to become the ones who stand up the most, you know? So by next year, I feel like Vainglor is going to be, you know, one of the top tier games in the app store and i feel like those people who you know jumped off the boat they're gonna be very unhappy when things start to turn for the best and you know people start to succeed you see content creators getting more viewers you know twitch people streamers getting 
you know, subscribers and followers left and right. So I feel like people just got to give it time, you know? So you're thinking like, it's just a storm, let it blow over. Uh, I I think I, I, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you this question because I think you probably know more about it than I do. Yeah. Um, SEMC mentioned something where they wanted to promote more community events. Is that something that's a, a, a factual statement? I thought I heard something where they said that SEMC was going to start sponsoring more community events to have, you know, rely more on the community to start bringing the game out. Um, well, since I'm in the content creators program that, you know, Vainglory provides, I have seen a lot of movement, you know, now all content creators are part of the beta. You know, there's a discord specifically just for content creators and beta users now. So I feel like, Bear with me one second. I apologize. The, um... A very likely thing. So uh -huh. I feel like it's a step in the right direction because, you know, there's a lot of movement behind the scenes that people don't necessarily see that, you know, people are not talking about. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't really do anything when, you know, the negative things come on top instead of the positive. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm one that I feel like the community kind of like, it was like, oh, Vainglory doesn't have any esports. You know, the games, the game sucks. You know, like they're they're turning their back on the on the community, or they're not really, you know, Vainglory doesn't have any esports. So then VG, you know, SCMC is like, okay, well, we'll have content creators come in and we'll have them give away skins, right? Oh, views jump like they skyrocket because everybody wants skins. Now then, you know, they they stop the skin giveaway and it's just like, oh, you know, like they left the content creators, you know, they're letting the content creators down. And then SEMC is like, all right, well, you guys want esports. We're going to give you esports and we give them esports. And it's like, wow, you know, this esports thing is crazy. Look at this cloud nine TSM immortal. Everybody wants to tribe. All these teams are coming in. Esports is like it's crazy. But, you know, you guys left, you know, you guys left the content creators in the dust. You guys don't care about the community. And it's like, all right, SEMC now. Uh, as a company, we're gonna scale back the, we're gonna scale back the esports, and we're gonna focus more on delivering in-game content, better premium content, more champions, balance fixes, new items, and then it seems like, oh, there you go, esports is dead on Vainglory, the game is dying. You know, like it feels like it's like the the, the community's, or some parts of the community is never happy. Yeah, um, I mean, like what people don't like, never seem to understand is that like. Esports is a very small percentage of any game. League of Legends, Dota, yeah, whatever. It's like a such a small percentage, but it's the percentage that talks the most, which is like crazy and blows my mind all the time. Um, but I don't know, like people are just never happy in Winkler. Like I see it all the time on Twitter. You know, the developers are getting crap about them not nerfing this freaking hero or because they did this and didn't do that. So I don't know. I I just think SEMC needs to stop paying so much attention to that small percentage and just, you know, move on, do their own thing, you know. If they want to add joystick, add joystick, but you know, improve on it. Don't just, you know, yeah, don't, implement don't add a it crappy. Yeah, don't don't implement a crappy feature and then, you know, give the community a reason to complain for it. I hear that. I hear that. Clash, uh, what do you like what are your thoughts on how Tencent... Well, we're going to be jumping off Vainglory now because I don't want the conversation to get too dark. Uh, <laughs> we just had the... Uh, 
we just had you know the Valor Series regional finals wrap up uh, on E3, and um, you know we have our two teams now getting from NA and EU allegiance from NA and what's the team again from EU? Uh, from the Dream, I think. Yeah, I from the Dream. Yeah, for the Dream. Team for Noob, the Team Noob wasn't able to make it due to visa issues. Um, and now for the Dream and Allegiance will be representing NA and uh, EU in the upcoming AOV World Cup, which is going to be in Thailand. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on on maybe how the games went, where AOV stands in terms of esports? Like, what what are you guys' thoughts on that? As like, what do you mean by that? Like, like how, how, did you guys see the game? Did you guys get a chance to see? Did you guys get a chance to see the game? Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw almost all of them. Just about. I mean, it was funny because I was watching that work while I was like working at the same time. Well, but, your... I mean, I think they. I think they played good. Um, I just, just like any other game, though, the Koreans, Asians in general, are just ahead of Meta. Um, I feel like. There's a lot to be learned, especially watching the Koreans play and all that stuff that we need to improvise. But I feel that NA and EU has has the concept. They just gotta perfect it, um, you know. And also just think outside of the box. Um, I feel. Uh... I apologize there for a second. The uh, damn, having issues with the audio encoder today. It's the third you know, time. I'm listening. It's like. It's like um, we don't we don't try to make a change. It's just like oh, you know, this works, so we're gonna stay with it. Like they stay with com- like just being comfortable versus hey, let's try this out because you know they don't just want to hey, let's try this out with with the Koreans and stuff like that. They're like hey, let's try it out, and if it doesn't work, you know what? No, we're gonna make it happen. How can we make this work? Because it is kind of broken if we use this hero. So um, uh, EU and NA has a big has a big challenge and i i think i think na can do it over eu it's not just because it's na versus eu type thing it's just uh just seeing na and eu play this weekend it was i mean this week na just looked better like we just looked better like it you know our games were were faster and it just like kicked off versus eu started off slow like they would start off in like you know into like eight minutes there was finally a few kills and you're like what and then na it's like Boom, two, three minutes in, we already got five, seven kills. Let's just do it. You know what I mean? So it's like we're speeding up the process. It's just that we got to – watching them and watching, you know, the Asians and stuff be like the way they play, it's like we got to be faster and react quicker. A lot of people were talking about the um, – a lot of people were talking about the upset that uh, Dino Riders – Oh, gave yeah. to uh gave to immortals what like what do you think happened there like for immortals Being immortals cocky. immortals was like picked to go you know i mean everybody if you ask anybody in the street that had a sense of where aov was they were saying it's alg versus immortals for the regional finals for north america and dino riders came out of nowhere and laid the smacketh down uh, on the immortals to uh to go against to end up advancing to go against ALG. What do you think happened there? They freaking they sat him down, dude. I don't know. I don't know if it's like maybe some of the immortals players got stage nerves. I don't know, but maybe it was just overconfident because I feel like IMT and freaking ALG have been at the top for so long that 
I don't know. They they just know that they, they can win without even trying sometimes, you know? So I don't know, probably just overconfidence, you know, teams like Dino Riders, what do they got to lose, right? You know, you come in, you try your best and you try to win. And I feel like they were, were just better in general. You know, they showed up, they tried their best and they freaking sat IMT down. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, watching them play, I, I really like the way Dino Riders play because I feel like sometimes like when, like, you know, when you have a team go against Immortals or ALG, they're like, "Oh man, we're gonna—they're so good. We're gonna—we're gonna lose." Oh, you know what I mean? With these guys, they're just like, you know, we're on stage. Hey, let's let's try to show them that we can try to at least, you know, hang with them. But they ended up doing better than that. And you know, that first game is what gave them that confidence. It gave them that extra boost. Like, you know, yeah. we won this game. Hell yeah, we can do it again. And you know, that and that just brought up the momentum because what they did was just, you know, Immortals took them for granted. You know, they just, hey, you know, we can beat these guys. Hey, you know, let's just play like this. It's, oh, we died. It's okay. We can come back. Oh, you know, they're coming back. Don't worry. All we got to do is do a simple team fight. We're going to win. And they thought wrong. Like, it was like, no, you, you know, if you know you're the best team, then you should play your best, whether they're good or not. You should play your best no matter what, because you got to show these people why you're the best and not sit there and play with your food. Like, you don't play with your food. This is what I even tell my team. Even though you can beat these guys, you you play them like if they, you know, if this was something on the line. You play no matter what, whether they're good or not. You play as if this was like the last game. That game and seven of the World Immortals, Series mentality. Yeah, and this is something Immortals didn't do. They, you can tell in their gameplay because we've watched them play in the past, and it's like, well, what were these guys doing wrong? But it wasn't just what they were doing wrong. It was like, look at what Dino Riders were doing right. Look what they did. And, you know, and that's when people are, will talk about, oh, you know, Immortals just played bad. They got lucky. Nah, Dino Riders capitalized what they did, and they played really good because they, they caught me off guard. Dude, when I saw them play, I was like, oh, oh, damn. Like, yeah, especially because they were behind oh, for a while in, in, yeah, in those games. Yeah, and they came back. Yeah, and they came back and won. And I was like, oh, like, did these guys just really improve that that fast? Like, wow, you know, good shit. You know, mad props. I throw my hat to you, you know what I mean? Because. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to give mad props to a team that isn't always on top all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm always going to go for the underdogs like that. But and then, you know, but then once I saw them going against ALG, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. We... Uh, it's, it's, ALG, there's a reason why they're number one. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, they had 900 points. And... Immortals was 300 points under them, I think. And then the other teams were like three, 300 plus under. That, uh, yeah, you know, the well, immortal, because so. everybody was battling each other at that point. It's yeah. like those two had that comfortable spot, and it was like we're all battling each other. If not, we had to go against the number one or number two, exactly. no matter what. So it was like we're getting knocked down. So it was like it was just like the roll of your dice. Basically, that's the reason why yeah. we're all going at it. That's basically how it was. It was like I rolled a seven. What did you get? I got I got a seven two. Damn. Let me roll again. I got a four. What did he get? A seven. Oh, all right. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> They got lucky. Looks like we're getting the in the stick. So I mean, that's just how it is. But yeah, I, I thought it was a good game, though. At, at the end of the day, the Dino Riders in World I think was the best game during that day, in my opinion. I was like, yeah. that was nice. Like, like I got me amped. It made me feel good because I'm like, you know, we we can definitely be there. We can definitely be there, and that's that's something that, you know, like I said, when you're a top team, don't don't take anybody for granted. <laughs> you, you you just beat them. So. Yeah. So with that, we'll segue to the final part of this interview. I would like to thank you guys again for showing up and 
spending time with me and you know chit-chatting about you know everything under the sun um i want to know where is the team now what is team ferox doing well i don't want to know i want i want you to tell our listeners you know where where is team ferox now what's what's upcoming um you know what can we expect from the team going forward for the next uh let's say two three months i'll let Shamu take care of that well as of right now we're just you know trying to build some team synergy getting the the Vainglory meta down since there was a new patch literally a day ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're NACO, the signups close in a week, so we'll probably start showing up in that very soon. And then UPL should be announced in the next couple of weeks. So, all you got to know is a look out for us in VPL, NACO, and the TNT tournament. And come root for us because we'll be trying to win it all because that's what we're here to do. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Clash, you have any closing comments? I mean, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, you said it all. I mean, just like I tell everybody, be ready, because there's going to be a day when you catch us on our on our cues and, you know, crossing our T's and dotting our I's. You're going to watch out, and we've, we've done it already. I mean, we've done a couple games. I'm not going to say teams. You know, they took us for granted, and we straight swept them. So, I mean, just – like I tell everybody, you better hope that you're not on that that roll of the dice when we're hitting that seven, because when we hit that seven, we're coming. Uh, can, do we do we have any timetable on like maybe any other things maybe external to the actual gameplay, merchandise? Um, uh, just logos. Um, as of today, as, as of t- as of today, um, today <laughs> Thursday. So when people listen to it, either tonight or tomorrow, Friday. Friday, we'll be getting the new logos. Um, I know NACL will be seeing it because I do have to post, you know, our new logos. Um, the team will finally see it. Only you and Jams have seen it. Um, I'm very yeah. excited on both of them. They're both really great. And I'd like to give a shout out to Sneaky because those brothers, they're good. They're, yeah, we're going to we're gonna have them on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. I can't wait for that. I, I, I love those guys. Those guys are really nice, really, really nice, genuine people. And... You know, for them to take the time to, you know, because I'm very difficult sometimes because I'm not really good at, you know, explaining myself when I want something done. Um, they they perfected what I wanted and I got what I wanted, if not better. So um, they will be seeing that um, as of right now. I'm looking into getting shirts and hats and merchandise for the team, um, just for the team, but not only for the team. But we're also going to I want to start doing giveaways when champs start streaming or, you know, when you're streaming so we can start giving things out to people. Um, I already have the general idea, and I'm pretty sure they're going to like it, especially when you see the new logo. I'm pretty sure that everybody's going to, you know, would like to have something like that on there, you know, wearing it and stuff like that. Because like I told people, the logos look like something that you can just rock on a regular day. So, I mean, that's coming up. Um, Hashtag affliction. Other than, <laughs> um, other than that, I think that's really about it. Um, I know we just got – I know Rare just came back, uh, which I was really excited about. I know Chem's – Knew the day was gonna come. Um, I'm excited because I started I started talking to um Stussy, and I already told him you know he's a businessman so am I and I told him you know we got to come up with something let's do it you know if you know people are thinking that Vainglory is dead let's show them as a community let's bring it back so I know me and Stussy's been talking about doing something um briefly though hasn't really been out there but we're trying to do something like that um also I said in the podcast me and Chams were thinking about doing something for AOV. Um, looks like we might be doing something for 
SVG. We'll think about it. As of right now, I kind of want to still focus on competing because we do have TNC coming and NACL, and that's going to a lot of grinding because I'm pretty Oops, sorry about that. Just had a bit of a hangout there. That's really about it. So I can't wait for the logos. I'm excited, dude. I already seen what they look like, and I'm ready. I'm like, I'm just ready to get them. Because <laughs> yeah. I want to start making things out of it. I want to make merchandise or just at least have it on my Discord. Like, bam, CFX, baby. So it, it looks really crisp. I love it. And I hope they like it, too. I'm sure we did. Well, I definitely like that. You saw, you showed me a little preview and it looks like it's almost completed. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it as soon as they're ready. For those of you guys who are interested in purchasing some merch, as soon as we get some to sell, I will be opening up the shop on the website. I already have all that stuff set up. Just waiting for the merchandise uh, for the merchandise to get in and then we'll start taking orders and obviously we'll keep you guys up to date on what's coming, you know, what you know what we're going to be selling and whatnot. Um, Chamel Clash I can't thank you guys enough for taking uh, the time to come and sit down and, and engage, you know, our listeners and, and kind of let everybody know, you know, the state of the, I guess the state of the union when it comes to TFX. And I look forward to having you guys on again and kind of touching base, you know, uh, keep giving the people a temperature where TFX is at and, and letting people know that we're just as here as any of the other teams that are competing in the various <laughs> games that we're, you know, that we're in. You know, and uh, I think it's great that the community gets a chance to hear from the leader and and the team captain. You know, and I want to thank you guys again for you know for coming through. Yeah, thank you for. <laughs> you do it, James. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the synergy in a podcast is too real. But yeah, I guess I'll say thank you, then he'll say thank you. So yeah, thank everybody for listening to us. Um, I'm happy that you guys are liking the podcast from Salt. I really enjoy it. You know, in the very beginning, I didn't, I was kind of iffy, but I love it now. So I hope you guys do too. And his idea of, you know, Salt's vision of his podcast, it, I feel like it's going to bring more people and more different people to us. And I feel like, you know, it's going to not only help TFX, but also have a voice from the community because a lot of people don't hear the voices from the community. So I, I like it a lot. And, you know, even having channels with me, you know, Cham's doing this, it's, it's a good step because, you know, getting to know Chams is a really great thing that the kid's smart. You know, he, he's a very talented kid. He's, he's an awesome person that, you know, to play with and things like that. He's, you know, it's funny how we all joke, but you know, he's also a pain in my, you know what, but you know, it's all love at the end of the day. So uh, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I appreciate you having us here today, man. Uh, I see the podcast going somewhere. That's for sure. I see it going somewhere. Yeah, so. please, please, uh, you know, even though I'm going to throw out the stat there, episode one still has the most listens. Oh, um, the episode one still has more listens than all the, 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 the previous, the next two. So as terrible as that one, I felt that one was, it's still the, the, the number one listen to, I guess it's because it was like heavily MMA and there are a lot of MMA fans out there, but we got a lot of, we got much more feedback from the subsequent episodes, which is why, you know, uh, my wife and I, we've been working very hard to polish up the outline. But, uh, you know, again, thank you guys so much, man. And uh, I'm going to be having you guys on again soon. And, you know, that way and, and the more we have you guys on, the more organic it's going to be. You know, it won't be this like, well, what are you guys doing about this? What do you guys you know, it's just going to be us talking, you know, about to, 
they're about to get soaked into that TFX lifestyle, baby. Yeah, man. That foreign effect. Yeah. <laughs> you're about to, you're about to, they're gonna get more of us, and they're gonna they're gonna like us, and they're gonna want to be a part of it. So, I mean, like we said, uh, AOB, we're we have a guild. If you guys want to join it, join it. Um, if you guys have anything, you guys want to get on podcast, you guys want to just talk to us in the Discord. If you guys want any tips? If you guys just want to play with us? You know, hit us up. Yes. You know, we're all friendly people. Another thing, we're all also, very, very friendly people. Uh, if you guys are listening on Anchor. Uh, you guys can leave us messages and stuff like that. So you guys can leave questions or any feedback and things like that. And if it's worthy, we'll put it up on the podcast. If you guys have a good question or you guys have something interesting that you guys want to say, we'll um, we'll add it. You know, we'll add it to the cast so people can hear your voice. You know, so that's something that I've been working on. And obviously working on getting the podcast distributed to more platforms so people can listen to it. It's already on, I think, six platforms now, but I'll post those links later. So with that being said, I thank you guys again, and I look forward to seeing you guys soon. And there you have it. That is the interview with Clash and Chamu. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Let me know what you think. Um, Obviously, they have a lot going on between juggling the AOV side of things, and now they're going to be participating in three Vainglory tournaments. We just got the new logo today uh that interview was recorded yesterday uh but at the time of the segment that i'm recording now the logo is released i posted it on twitter i posted it on instagram on on my twitter the team twitter the team instagram uh we're gonna be getting shirts made uh hope you guys enjoy it Uh, as soon as they're available we'll be opening up the store on the team ferox website for you guys to order And yeah, I I really hope that you guys uh, stick with the team and show your love and support because without you guys supporting us and and coming out and listening to the podcast, supporting the team for the tournaments and all that stuff, we wouldn't be here. You know, we're having the chance to live the dream and hopefully it's going to pay off for us. So now that the podcast is done, we're going to get ready to close out the we're going to get ready to close out this episode four and We're going to close it out by answering the question from last week. Where is the line between insanity and creativity? So a very interesting answer that I got uh, actually came from my mother-in-law who was asked the question. And here is her response as she writes. It is the people that dream in the daytime, fully awake, with their eyes wide open, that are the most creative. And these daytime dreams are the ones that translate into the beauty and innovation that enter our world. I believe it is when the dreams turn I believe it is when the dreams turn to nightmares, we flee in the light that we have crossed over the line into insanity. It is creative Hold on. It is creative when we can vividly envision the similarity to someone or something. And it crosses the line over to insanity when we believe we are the person or thing. When creative expression turns into self-harm. A very beautiful answer from my mother-in-law. I thank her so much. It's very poetic that she decided to write that answer. Um, And I kind of agree. 
I kind of agree. Uh, it's, you know, you can be, you can be creative and creativity is something, I mean, let's see, that's the thing. Do they go hand in hand? Does, do you need to be a little bit insane or does insanity go hand in hand with being creative? I think, uh, I think people that are creative and insane have, you know, they're, they're higher, they're, they're attuned to much different things than we are. They notice and they hear, they smell, they taste different things than we do. And, um, you know, like Jimi Hendrix was a creative person, but he had a level of insanity to it. You know, he was a fantastic musician, but he relied on drugs and psychedelics to get him to that pain, you know, to that point. And ultimately led to his, you know, his death. So it's a very fine line, although there is one. You can be creative and not be insane, but you look at high function, you know, you look at autism. So you look at people that have autism and, you know, they may have very poor social skills or they may not be able to interact with the general population the way they want to. But they are fantastic at doing other things. So there's a line. There is a line. And then there's people that are just good painters. My wife is a great artist. Um, my wife, she's fantastic with coloring. Like She colors these beautiful pictures, and I wish I could show you some of them. I'll take the pictures, and I'll, I'll show them on Instagram and Twitter. But she's so fantastic at coloring. But there's also, like, I wouldn't call it insanity, but there's a level of darkness, too, that she deals with. You know, we've said in previous episodes that, you know, she struggles with depression, you know. And I think for the most part, you may need a little bit of the darkness to be creative. Uh, comedians also say that, too. It's a very difficult thing to want to be, you know, to, to be funny. And a lot of comedy starts off in a in a dark place like it's it's dark and comedians often struggle with depression look at robin williams creative genius in the comedic world jim uh, you know robin williams ended up taking his own life because of the depression so um i think it was a really good question and i think a lot of people would have different opinions and if you have some feel free to drop in the podcast man we have like this is a this is a very good one. I'm actually going to keep this question open if people want to answer it. And there might be other questions that are open. If you guys listen to the other podcast and say, "Hey, listen, I was listening to episode such and such and you had like you closed the podcast out with this really cool question and do you think you could read my answer out? Like what do you think of what I had to say about it?" And if it's relevant, <coughs> pardon me, I just hit puberty there, but if it's relevant, we'll um we'll talk about it. So, you know, we're going to wrap up this episode. I'm going to get some rest. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. I want to upload the episode. I want to get some sleep. Going to the beach tomorrow. Uh, but before I wrap up the podcast, I will leave you with this week's question. Does a person's name influence the person they become? 
A very interesting question indeed, and I look forward to answering that with you guys next weekend uh, on the next episode of the Not A Paid Sponsor podcast. Once again, I thank you guys so much for coming and listening to the podcast. Please give us all the feedback you want, good or bad. We love it, and we look forward to growing with you as a community. And with that, I hope you guys have a lovely weekend. Love, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there if it applies. And uh, much love, and I hope you guys have a good night. 